Hello there. So uh, now we come to SummerSlam 2010 in the SummerSlam review series and um, I'd never actually seen this show until uh, last night. Oh God, believe the anti-hype. That's all I'm saying about this show. (laughs) Um, Oh God. I'll say this. It's on the free part of the WWE Network. Uh, They should actually be paying you to watch this show. (laughs) Let's Let's get right ahead. First match is Dolph Ziggler versus Kofi Kingston for the Intercontinental title. Uh, what this really is, is another, more than anything, it's a depressing reminder of how far the WWE has fallen. Whereas uh, last year, they had, this was actually a WWE title match. So this, it was for the Intercontinental title this time, two mid-carders. Uh, but last year, they, these two actually had a feud going for a couple of months over the WWE title. So... Uh, shows you how far it's fallen. Match itself, while it's on, is fine, but it gets eliminated. It it just ends when the Nexus come in and beat the shit out of both guys. It's actually warming up quite nicely, and then Nexus just come in and destroy both guys, thus making this match a waste of time. Now, if you'd have done this on a random on a raw or something like that, fair enough. But this is your opening match of SummerSlam, and you're doing this, and then you've got Wade Barrett does this promo, standard promo, whatever. But if you were really going to go with an Nexus and establish them as this dominant group, then okay, I could just about understand it. But from after what happens later on, this makes this completely a complete waste of time all all across the board. So. <laughs> Really, this is this was just bad. Up next, you've got uh, Melina against Alicia Fox for the uh, Divas title. Uh, I'm sure I don't know if this was the match that Cameron said was amazing, but oh god, this was shit. Why is this on a SummerSlam? The only Melina wins, whatever. But the only merciful thing about it is that it's it's short, and Lake will beat up Melina after this. Who gives? Who cares? Honestly, this was just garbage. And the one thing, uh, speaking of Cameron though, I think the AEW marks will probably could go on about how great of a talent here she was on the AEW a couple of weeks ago. So apparently she'll she'll probably have been one of these great talents that was misused by WWE, no doubt, according to the AEW marks. But there you have it. Uh, oh, up next. This just keeps getting worse. This is the, the big show against the Straight Edge Society in a three-on-one handicap match. So CM Punk had established this this group, the Straight Edge Society. It was very entertaining. It was getting a lot of traction. It was really good. And then you basically just have the big show beating them clean. Like clean, clean as a whistle. There's there's no words. There's just no words. And the match itself, the match itself is just boring. Nothing of any real note happens. This is just a complete waste of time. I know, but you'd have been as well just doing the big show against CM Punk in some sort of singles match here because it was CM Punk who took Punk's mask off at the time after he got his head shaved, so you may as well do that. But nah, he just buried the whole group here. Fair enough, Punk didn't take the pin, but he's still shite by association if his own group can't beat the big one, one guy. Just, just shite. This was just terrible. Uh, up next, you've got The Miz comes out and cuts a promo. Uh, he's actually very good here. This is when The Miz was really coming into his stride. He'd won money in the bank a month earlier. 
he's, he was great on the mic here because he was getting teamed, teased to join Team WWE and he comes out and says, yeah, he'll join and all that. So that's fine. But he cuts a great promo here. You can really see the star potential is there and he's uh, he's really coming into his stride as a future main eventer. I, I honestly, I've, I think I've said this before, I think his WWE title reign was uh, very underrated. But which he, he won it a few months after this. And uh, I think they could have done more with, her, with him in the main event scene. But then again, he does stuff outside of wrestling with his TV. So he's a very, he's done very well for himself. We, we can't complain too much about that there. Uh, after this, <laughs> this, this show is painful. <laughs> We've got Randy Orton and Sheamus for the WWE title. Uh, this, this match is so boring. It's so boring. Granted, it's not quite as bad as the WWE title match the year before with Cena and Orton, but God, this match is a waste of time. At least Cena and Orton was a big time match. Orton and Sheamus, who honestly, who cares? It's got this lame finish where Sheamus just gets himself disqualified to keep the title. It's like they hot shot Sheamus into the title picture and then booked him like shit. It's like what? What was the point in this in this whole thing? And they had a similar match at Royal Rumble this year, the previous earlier in the year as well, which ended with disqualification. It's like, why do you keep doing these matches at big four pay per views with shit finishes? Ah, complete waste of time. Thankfully, Kane versus Rey Mysterio, we we come to the match of the night, and it's it's decent. This is actually decent, quite a watchable little match. It's not bad at all, actually. Bit of a saving grace here. Uh, this is there was a storyline that Undertaker was beaten up and was left in a vegetative state, but Kane was wanting to solve the mystery. <laughs> uh, it was pretty obvious it was Kane, let's be real. But um, he was then blaming Rey Mysterio for it, and Rey Mysterio blamed Kane for it, and Kane brought a casket to ringside, uh, which begs the question: Why didn't you just do a casket match? But whatever, it is what it is. But um, Kane wins, and he goes to dump Rey Mysterio in the casket, and then the Undertaker's there. Uh, so Dick returns after a few months off here. Uh, he tries to attack Kane, but I actually quite like what they did here. Funny enough, because Kane, you could sort of see, and it wasn't quite right, as if something had been lost in him. And Kane then just tombstones the Undertaker, which was kind of, which is surprising that they go down that route. But it was actually quite good. It was sort of telling the story that the the power. I think if I remember right, they were telling the story that the. The powers were transferring more over to Kane, so that actually worked, and it made Kane strong. And to be fair, I'm glad he did a really good job, even though the storyline was very predictable. Kane did a really good job with it, and I'm glad he got a good run with the title in 2010. So there you have it. And he, he got to beat the Undertaker a few times when after this feud, when usually it was always the Undertaker beating him. So there you have it. So no, I've I've got no complaints about this, but oh, this main event. <laughs> Team WWE versus the Nexus. So there's there's so much wrong with this. It's it's unreal. First of all, it's a seven on seven elimination match, which is fine, which is fine. They're basically doing a Survivor Series match at SummerSlam, which is fine. I mean, a bigger version of it is usually five on five, but they're doing a bigger version of it. Okay, so you're basically making your one of your big four pay per views kind of irrelevant doing this, but whatever. Um. And here we have it. And you've got Bret Hart. This is Bret Hart's last ever SummerSlam match. So let this sink in. Let this sink in. You've got Bret Hart, who shouldn't really have been 
I get why they did the match with him and Vincent. I don't think I think that was fine doing that a few months earlier, but maybe should have just left it in ring stuff to the end. But uh, here we go. This goes down as Bret Hart's last ever SummerSlam match. Yeah. Can we just forget about this and just say that him and Undertaker in '97 in that classic was their their last his last or SummerSlam match? But there you go. Uh Okay, uh, well, Miz comes out thinking he's going to be part of the team, but he's not. Daniel Bryan's brought out. He was a part of the original Nexus, so ah, that's fine. That was actually quite a good thing. That actually was one of the positives coming out of this. There were some positives. I mean, uh, Skip Sheffield, who would later go on to become Ryback, got a decent little showing because he got to eliminate a couple of people. And then even when he got eliminated, he looked strong in it because it took him getting hit by chairs and then a spear from Edge, so he got eliminated by one of the top guys. So it's not... Not too bad for him, really. Uh, Heath Slater got a good little showing, actually, funnily enough, because he actually eliminated Edge and Jericho back-to-back. I mean, to be fair, it was off roll-ups and distractions, but still, fair play to him. He's got kids, damn it. You know, Heath Slater, <laughs> funny enough, when you think about it, Heath Slater probably was the longest servant out of all the people on that Nexus team, which is amazing when you think about it in the WWE. Incredible when you think about it. A very good performer, actually. A very underrated performer, Heath Slater. So, there you have it. Uh, especially enjoyed his little run with Rhino a few years back. So that was good stuff. But we come now to... Uh, the, the finish of this match is... This is an abomination. It's just atrocious. You've got... The, the match itself is actually quite watchable. Up until the point where you get to when Cena starts getting double teamed all the time, is on his own. And then you've got that, you just see where the whole problem is seeping in here. You've got, Cena basically gets dumped on the concrete out on the outside, so he's, he's been beating the shit out of for the longest time, dumped on the concrete. So then Gabriel misses his big splash and Cena pins him, which is, which is fine, and I, I think him eliminating Gabriel is fine. Whatever it is, what it is, Gabriel's a mid-carder, I mean... And and would be a mid carder for life. In fact, although to be fair, he's a high flying guy with no charisma, so he'd probably be world champion these days. But <laughs> you have it with the standards of wrestling. But there you have it. But then it comes to the way this finishes. Barrett gets in the ring, and Cena just slaps the STF the STF right on him. Barrett taps. The word buried is flung about way too much in wrestling, but the Nexus were good and proper buried here. There's no two ways about it. This was atrocious. This was every bit as bad as I heard. And then some. I, honestly, you can sort of see why there's been no... Would, would the Nexus or any of the Nexus really have gone out and become major stars? I don't know. Probably not. A lot of them would have been just solid mid-carders, probably. I think Wade Barrett could have done... I've mentioned this before... He could have done a bit more with him. I mean, he did really well with that Bad News Barrett thing. That got over quickly, and then the WWE cut that out from under him, which was kind of the, the I think, the final nail in the coffin for him, for, for WWE in that sense. But this, this just... They just made Nexus an absolute... They just killed the storyline dead right here, and, and it continued for a few months, but there was no reason for it to continue because Cena just won clean hand, a handicap match. There was no point. You could, even if it had, you know, the fact that it was a tap out was mind-bogglingly bad. You, you couldn't make them make it look any worse if you tried. 
I mean, if they'd got a fluky roll up or something, and you could have still t- told the whole, ah, oh, Cena persevered and he, he got through, it would have protected them a little bit more. Not much, but a little bit more. But a tap out, nah, they just killed any credibility they had. Why should anyone get invested in this group after this? You shouldn't because they're jobbers. That was WWE basically saying these are jobbers. We've we've made this big storyline for the summer just for them to be jobbers. And that's exactly how it turned out. Uh, and then and it was just complete. And I think with Wade Barrett is he's one of these guys. You you could have given him like a token world title reign down the line if you hadn't a really really especially with the bad news barrett gimmick you could have built that up and if guys like kofi kingston and drew mcintyre can win the title then so could a wade barrett to be honest but there you have it but that was that'll always be a missed opportunity i'm not saying he'd be a big megastar or anything like that or a constant main eventer but we could have done a bit more with him there was something there but and uh, this was basically cena playing politics is what it is. He done a lot. As no, there's no doubt he's a big draw and everything like that, and he's got a huge fan base and he's crossed over into Hollywood. But his ego got in the way a lot of times. Let's be real. He played politics a lot and had done a lot of damage during his time at the top. Certainly did, and his character, his kidified character, definitely pushed a lot of people away. Which, to be fair. He did a lot, I'm sorry, but Cena did do a lot of damage. I don't hate him or anything like that. I'm kind of neutral to him, but there's a there's a lot there. He did do quite a bit of damage to the WWE, with as much good and bad. He did a lot of good and a lot of bad. Let's be real, playing stuff like this. Even apparently Edge and Jericho tried to get him to change the finish, but nope. They understood business, but nope. Cena persevered with this. This was Cena's call. So on his on his head be it. But there you have it. There was even a part when after Edge and Jericho got eliminated, they actually turned on Cena and started beating him up in this match. And that was probably them just thinking, fucking listen to Booker, man. But there you have it. There you go. Uh, overall, though, the, this whole show was a complete waste of time. This whole show, Kane and Mysterio was okay, but the show in general was absolutely terrible. There's very little redeeming qualities about it. Very little positive to say about it. I can see why I haven't watched it for ten in the ten uh, at all in the ten years. So it wasn't worth the wait. That's two ones that I hadn't seen before that I've now watched in the free part of the network, and I, I now know why because they're two of the worst summer slams I've ever seen. Although I'll say two thousand ten is the absolute worst. This was garbage. This was complete and utter shite. And. Ah, I just hope I might be. I'm planning on watching the this year's one. I'm going to be putting the network back on this weekend, so I'm planning to watch it mainly to see if anything happens with the Alexa Braun and Fiend storyline. So I just hope I'm not saying again talking about worse Summer Slams ever, but uh, this was atrocious. Uh, oh, good God! Do yourself a favor if you've never seen this, but you've heard about how bad the show is. Don't watch it. It's garbage. Unless you like garbage, then you can watch it. But it also made the whole thing about them interrupting the Intercontinental title match at the start just pointless. It's like, if you were going to make the group strong, okay, fine, but you didn't. You made the group look like crap. You made the two people in the Intercontinental title match look crap. This accomplished nothing. Absolutely 
nothing for sure. <laughs> so there you have it. So thankfully, the next review is a show that I actually have seen. I actually do like. I actually own the DVD of it. I liked it that much. So it's SummerSlam 2011. So I'll be reviewing that one next. It'll be a much more positive review. But uh, if you've made it this far listening to this morning, well, uh, thanks very much. And uh, goodbye.